Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I love New York hardcore. Got a lot of love for all my friends on Long Island, my friends up in Buffalo, the Hudson Valley. We got a Age of Apocalypse podcast coming very soon. Awesome band. Check them out. But I really love what's going on in the city. Shout out Reaction. They just put out a new record on Edge Day. If you haven't yet, go check that out. But I wanted to put some shine on this band from Brooklyn. Shout out Perfect World. They just put out a new record back in September called War Culture. If you haven't, please do yourself a favor. Hit pause. Go do your homework. Boot up Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, whatever you have to and get into perfect world i think their sound is awesome i think they have a lot of potential their discography so far is super solid in my opinion i'm really into the new record so please listen to me go check them out support that band had a great time talking to chad a fan of perfect world but he blew my mind during the podcast i sometimes travel to san diego or if i ever run into anybody from the san diego scene who's been around for a minute, I'll kind of, you know, ask them if they've heard of Masterpiece or if they know what happened to the members of Masterpiece. And I've gotten some answers here and there, but nothing too solid. They started some bands afterwards and didn't really get too far or too big. They just kind of fizzled out. But talking to Chad, he just kind of casually drops that he was the singer for Masterpiece. And you got to realize back when Masterpiece was active, I wasn't super close with anybody in the San Diego scene. I didn't really talk to anybody, so I just knew them as Masterpiece. I didn't really know anybody in the band. I wasn't following anybody on on MySpace or early days of Twitter or any of that. So I just thought they up and disappeared. But here we are in 2020. I'm talking to this guy who sings for Perfect World, and then he just drops on me that he sang for this band that I had been asking people about for years. And it, it just literally blew my mind. And it was so cool to hear him talk about the band. I'm hoping he gets around to putting up all the music on the streaming services so people can hear them if they've never heard of them before. Because I think uh, for the time period, they're doing awesome music way back then. I think the last time I saw them was in Riverside at the Pharaoh's Den. It was Kids Like Us and Mongoloids. I think it might have been like right after Sound and Fury. It's like probably like the... Like, yeah, a couple or like, either, I think the day after um, San Fran, I can't remember what year it was. It was so long ago. But seriously, that band was so sick. And I'm really high on that band. So I'm curious to see if uh, other people will be, too, or I'm just crazy. And I just really like this band from San Diego that nobody else will like. Who knows? Whatever. Chad, do your thing. Upload the music, please. People want to hear it. So strap in and please enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Chad to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Chad. How's it going? Pretty good. Dude, this is awesome. I feel like it's been a while since I asked you to come on the podcast, so I'm so glad it's you know finally here and we're able to you know do this. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, it was about a month ago. Yeah, it was uh, strange because I was just doing research, just trying to figure out um, 
you know, who I should ask to come on the podcast. And yeah, it was just this random morning and I was like, you know, doing research on Twitter. And then I just kind of came across like these string of tweets of um, people talking about uh, the band that um, you sing in uh, perfect world. And I was just like, kind of like surprised. Like I've never heard of this band before. So I was just like curious. So I kind of, you know, I checked out uh, your guys' band camp and I was like really surprised. I'm like, holy crap. Like how have I never heard of this band? So I, I started like doing my research and, you know, went to your band camp and started listening to, to the older stuff. So I, I was just like, you know, really surprised that, you know, you guys had been, you know, active since uh, 2018, putting out good music yeah. and it just kind of just like went over my head and I just like, you know, had no idea. So that's why I reached out and was like, yo, like I want to have you on the podcast and I want to, uh, you know, just try to uh, spread the word and tell people about your band. No, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, we've been in a band since 2018 and I mean, for the most part, you know, pretty local, we're just playing shows around here. Uh, Philadelphia, we played a couple times, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, but you know, we're like trying to make plans to do maybe like a, like a tour, but then, you know, everything happened with COVID. So what can you do? You know? Yeah. This whole year has just been, you know, pretty, uh, you know, interesting for uh, like the whole like music scene. I feel like people had to kind of find like new ways to stay relevant and trying to, you know, try to keep things going. So I, you know, I'm, you know, it sucks to see that you guys put out this new record, but you can't really do much with it right now. Yeah, actually, we've even, we've even been like sitting on it for a pretty long time. We uh we recorded it uh like the end of this, uh, November into December of last year, and then like it took a little while like mixing and mastering and everything like that. But then we just kind of sat on it because we were like, "What's going on? What can we? You know what I mean? Like, what can you really do?" Mm-hmm. As everything was like kind of going upside down, you know. Yeah, uh, were there any plans to try to get it out earlier? Because uh, you said it was uh, the end of last year. Well, no. So that's when we start to record it. But then, you know, I mean, then it was like, you know, the holidays came up, and then there was like, uh, it took it just took a little while for Adam uh, from Timber Studios who recorded it. He also like mixed and everything, but he's got a lot on his plate, so it just took a little bit for him to get to it. Uh, and then like a few revisions on like the mixing and everything like that, and then mastering. Uh, so like there was talk of, uh, maybe like self-releasing it. Like, you know I mean? We were kind of going through like a bunch of options. And then, uh, after sending out a couple of emails, uh, LDB got back to us and was like, yo, we're totally down to work with you guys. Uh, and like, we're like, I mean, super pumped to be working with them. They're doing a lot of cool stuff right now. So yeah, it was just like a, it's just a matter of either, you know, if, if LDB didn't like hit us up. And like we found something that like worked for us and we were probably just going to end up doing like a self-release. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I kind of want to um, uh, put a pause on the talk about the, the current record, but I kind of want to go back to the very beginning uh, yeah. I, for people um, who aren't familiar. I, I'm just curious how uh, the band got together. Yeah. So the band got together. Um, me, my friend Jay, who's out, who's no longer in the band, uh, but we're all still like really good friends with, uh, we were talking about for a while, you know, doing a band. Uh, I used to be in a band out in San Diego called Masterpiece, a straight edge band. Um, but I've been living in New York now. Wait, re- you like you years. used to be in Masterpiece? Yeah, I sang for Masterpiece. Dude, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is being blown right now. Holy shit! You know what's so funny is like I've I've seen Masterpiece like 
I think like two or three times. Yeah, like I'm not even kidding. And I used to and and like I I wasn't really super tight with anybody in San Diego. So anytime I ever met anybody from San Diego, I would try to ask like, yo, like what happened to Masterpiece? And you people talked about um, I guess like some members went on to do some band called like Math Breath or something. Um, But yeah, yeah, there was a few projects that they worked on. But then I, I split like after the band ended and moved to New York. Holy so I've been shit. out here for 11 years. That, that's so crazy. Dude, that seriously tripping me out, but that's so crazy. Okay. Like, yeah, because back, cause I remember, um, I think I saw you guys, the, the one last time I can remember, it was in Riverside at the Pharaoh's Den. Do you remember that? Oh, video? yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that's so crazy. Now, okay. Whoa, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I seriously, I'm at a loss for words right now because this is because I've seriously, I've asked so many people about what happened to you know people in that band because I, I feel like back then I feel like you guys were kind of like ahead of your time, just like the kind of music that you guys were writing, and yeah, it was like kind of like a like a mid paced hardcore, you know, what I mean, it was like heavy or whatever, but it wasn't like like super heavy or anything, you know. Yeah, so that that's crazy. Okay, wait, hold on. I I, I want to hear about masterpiece real quick. I'm sorry. So yeah, uh, no, no. Wait, so uh, did you grow up in Southern California? No. So uh, I grew up in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. um, and then like shortly after 9/11, I can't. Remember, I was like, I was going to a show. Uh, I think it was like right around Halloween in Providence, and I ended up going to a like a military recruiter, and I ended up going into the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. uh, and then ended up like living in South Carolina for a while. I met a bunch of my friends, actually Jay, that I started Perfect World with. I met him when I was living in South Carolina when I was stationed down there. Uh, he was going to art school in Savannah. Uh, so I've known him forever. I mean, that was like 2002. Um, but then eventually like the Iraq war started. Uh, there was like a this thing called a stop loss, stop move where they weren't letting anyone like, like, you know, move to a different base or even get out of the military. And as soon as that like got lifted, I was like, I want to go to California. That's like what I was shooting for, like from the beginning, because I had never been out there. And I was like, might as well have fucking Uncle Sam pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got out there in uh, 2003 and like immediately like went on deployment. Uh, but yeah, so I, I moved there in 2003 and I was there until 2009. Dang, that's crazy. And you, you didn't have any desire to, to stay? No, Joy, it was, it was, um, yeah, I'd been, you know, I like, I'd been off like the East Coast for a while. And yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed living in San Diego. I mean, it's beautiful, you know, like the weather, everything, the beaches. Mm-hmm. I had a great time out there, but it was just like, I kind of want to get back on the East Coast. And I didn't want to move back to Rhode Island. And I was like, I don't want to move to Boston or whatever. So I was like, yo, fuck it. I'll just move to New York. Damn. That's crazy. I'm still seriously tripping out. That's cool um, that you um, moved out to, to San Diego. Uh, were you into hardcore before you got into the military or is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like I, I used to have a band um, when I was in high school. There was like there was only like a handful of kids that like listen to hardcore metal or whatever. Anyway, my school, I lived in uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. But like we were like the only band like in the school at the time. And uh I mean, listen, listening back to it, this shit sucks. But like, I mean, I guess it's not that bad, but like, so I was like, it was something cool to do with like my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, just going to shows in Rhode Island, which was like a good spot because like all the Boston bands that were like blown up at the time were like playing there all the time. So 
I mean, I when I first like got into shows, like going to shows, it was like there were, first off, there were some weird bands like from Rhode Island. I was like, that I don't even know, like I don't even think you would classify them as hardcore, but they kind of played hardcore shows. These bands like Liquid Destruction and Grand Theft Audio, these like weird bands. And like we were just like young straight edge kids going to these things. Mm-hmm. And um but then it was like then I started actually like I don't know, finding like better bands or whatever. And it was like, you know, American Nightmare and Bane and Hope Conspiracy and, you know, Death Threat, like just like almost every weekend I was seeing one of those bands, you know? That's insane. I, uh, for like as long as Bane was around, so just to like even still be like involved in hardcore and just knowing that they're like broken up is kind of strange to think about because they were killing it for so long and they're just like always like always active. I feel like they were like always you know, doing some sort of tour, just out there, you know, playing shows. Yeah. I literally, just before we got on uh, this podcast, I, uh, I just got done watching that holding these moments documentary, mm-hmm. which like a while ago when I was last, last summer, I saw like a, like a longer cut of it uh, out in LA. Uh, when I was staying at Dan who, uh, who directed it and like shot most of it. Uh, we were staying at his place uh, for Santa Fury last year. And so I saw like a longer cut of it, but just literally like right before I got on this call, uh, just finished watching that documentary. And it's like, that's such a, like a band that like did it for so long. And like, I mean, kept up with like the intensity and just like, I don't know, I love every one of those albums. And like, it's funny watching it and like being like, yeah, I mean, I was like seeing them in like 99, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild. I feel like, they were going on for so long. Like I was like, man, like why, why did they have to call it quits? But I'm, I'm sure there's like, obviously like they have their own reasons. Um, but yeah. yeah, like that, that's crazy to, to think. Cause even like by being able to see like, like American nightmare back in those days, I think like would have been like super awesome. Cause I remember yeah. uh, when I first like caught wind of American nightmare, it was like in like the early two thousands, but I, I didn't even live anywhere near where they were playing in Southern California. So like, I was just on like, you know, my space just like wishing I could oh, yeah. be, at the show but like my parents didn't like understand what like hardcore like meant to me they thought it was just like a weird phase or something so they, they never would want to take me to show so i would just have to you know hope that i would meet like older people who I, eventually i made like older friends and they were down to drive out to shows but yeah i i, I missed them early on and i honestly didn't see them until they did that comeback like a couple of years ago oh wow yeah what where they did like the it was like was it on new year's eve i'm trying to think yeah where they, like they did the one night in boston and then like the next night was like in la yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I mean, since they've had that comeback, I've seen them a handful of times. It's like, they're probably like my favorite band of all time. Uh, but like, I mean, how can you really like pick a favorite when there's always so many bands coming out, you know, like always, uh, new bands, whatever. Um, it's like, I feel like you have to almost think about hardcore, like, and like, who's your favorite band right now? You know, this <laughs> is like, it's always changing yeah i feel like it would be really hard to just narrow it down to one because like you could pick one but then it's like damn you you think about how broad and like you know how like how many different good bands there are so it's like damn like to to just pick one and then you're gonna have to know that you're gonna be missing out on a ton of other good bands so yeah it's yeah it's really hard and if i yeah i'm trying to think if if i had to pick like a desert island hardcore band like who would it be i don't even know I don't know. I think I'd just go with Terror. They have a, <laughs> yeah. they have a pretty good, uh, you know, catalog. So yeah, I'd pick Terror. Figure it out. 
yeah so yeah i was in the i was in the hardcore like before i was even in the military or anything like that and i feel like uh at the time you know what i mean like 9 11 happened and everything like that and it was like i don't know the way i looked at it, it was like people i mean like who knows, knows what was like really going on or whatever but like people were talking about like oh like maybe there's gonna be a war like there's gonna be a draft or whatever and i was like i might as well just fucking volunteer because you know what i mean if i if like there's like other people volunteering then like maybe they won't have to do a draft and maybe like my friends and my family won't have to go into the military you know like and it's just like kind of gave me something to do i had just like graduated i was 17 still um and like like two weeks after i turned 18 i was in boot camp that's crazy. and before that do you ever like have any like any thought to even be in the military or was it just because no, of like, not what was going on <laughs> no yeah no i like i think one day like my stepfather's father like dropped off like an army t-shirt <laughs> like <laughs> like i just had like some random army shirt and like i didn't even go into the army i like went into the marines and actually the way that happened was uh a friend of mine from high school josh maven he uh he had just come back from like marine corps boot camp and he like i told him like i was like oh yeah i think i'm thinking about like signing up for the military or whatever and he was like might as well go talk to the marines and i was like okay like i didn't know anything about anything and i went and I was there for so long and I, like, I had to go to a show afterwards and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to sit through this all again. I might as well just <laughs> sign up for the Marines. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I remember there was one time in my life where my friends and I thought about doing it. Cause like, I think I just, we were like living together and then we all just like got fired from our jobs at the same time. It's like this weird point in our life. Yeah. And like, we went down to like the local like, um, recruitment officers like place. Um, and one of our friends was like, he's a little too big. So there's like, yeah, like, you know, you like, I, it was like three of us. So like, you know, two of us were good, but like the, the, our third friend, he had to like lose some weight. And like, we like had like a pact to like go together, but like he just never oh, yeah. lost a weight. So we just never went. And <laughs> just, uh, yeah, that's the only time I ever like seriously considered joining the military. I mean, probably, probably better off i mean because who knows like what could have happened i was i was a combat photographer in the marines i went to iraq twice and um i like i don't know like i i like value my time that i spent like in the military because mm -hmm. i feel like it helped shape like who i am but like i don't know as part of that like shaping like i'm like pretty anti-war now and like i don't know i it's like looking back on it, it's like I don't know. This shit's not really worth it. You know, like what, what the fuck are people fighting for? You know, I had uh, uh, like my cousin's best friend. He was like, uh, I think a year or two older than me. I think he was in the uh, I want to say not the Navy. I think he was in the Air Force or something. But he was like he went over to Iraq and I would just see him post on Instagram him playing guitar here in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and i was like wait like that's what he gets to do he, like he's getting paid to like travel the world because he ended up going to like japan and korea because he got like stationed in different places but like that, i yeah I, I just saw him just travel the world and just kind of you know uh, be just doing like the most random stuff i was like that's so crazy because you know obviously there's like different like you know sides to it but like that's like what i was exposed to because it was like the only person that i knew that actually went overseas so it was just, yeah. like pretty interesting to me um but you um going overseas that did you like see any combat or was it you just taking photos or no? Yeah. So yeah, like I was uh, like the first appointment was kind of weird because it was like right after the initial invasion mm -hmm. and it was like, we got there 
um, I was I was in the 13th Mew, like the Marine Expeditionary Unit. It's based out of uh, uh, Camp Pendleton, right okay. there in California. Yeah. Uh, and like our mission, like when we got out there, was like stopping like oil smuggling and kind of like rebuilding schools and stuff, like kind of like more like humanitarian stuff. And uh, and it was cool. And there was like there was only like a couple like weird things, like I don't know, some guys from Iran took some shots from like across the river and like like a building randomly blew up while we were there and i was kind of like what the hell is going on you know like because mm-hmm. they just kind of like we just got in a truck and we like left the area um but like my second deployment was like like the complete opposite of that uh and that was like that was like a pretty like heavy combat uh deployment like when we got into iraq because the way that the unit was we'd go out like on a navy ship and stop at like different countries uh and we eventually made our way out to iraq and uh yeah, that second deployment was like a world apart from like the first one, you know, because that first one, there was like the insurgency hadn't started up or anything like that. And there was like um, pretty much just there, like fucking off. There wasn't, you know what I mean? There wasn't, you know I mean, we had like different like things that we were doing, but it wasn't like combat missions. But the second one was like completely different. This is like right around the same time as like Fallujah had happened and then Ramadi right before that or like right after that rather. Uh, and then we went in there. So it was like that time frame, which was 2005. And so it's like shit was just kind of like really popping off at the time. Yeah. I'm, uh, curious. Uh, did you ever experience any like PTSD or anything crazy from your experiences overseas? Um, yeah. So like uh, I had like, so I had some like, I had some pretty like fucked up shit happen like while I was there. And uh, I don't know, just like there was like, you know, so there's a, a song like on the new record, which is like also like on like a second demo that we did called King of the Night. And like, and even like when I was in Masterpiece, like there was an LP that like never got released. Uh, oh. And uh, that was called like No Rest. And like at that time, like I basically just like never slept. Uh, I would like, I was also like working overnight, but like I would just like n- never sleep. Uh, and like over time, you know what I mean? I kind of like, work through some of that stuff uh basically like like there was like a i don't know i don't really talk about it too much but there was like a i saw some dude's brain fall out of his head uh and it kind of like really like fucked me up and then i was like eventually like i'm not just gonna like let this control my life you know uh and i kind of like i don't know i kind of like locked it away you know and i which like i like still kind of like use now like uh i'm a firefighter here in new york now and uh yeah i mean like if there's like fucked up shit or whatever that happens i always kind of like it's like kind of like locking it away you know what i mean like uh and i mean it's like that's like that's different too because you know i mean like i don't know like if there's like some fucked up thing that happens here I, you know, I'll like, I'll let like the new guys know that like, it's not your fault. Like you can't really dwell on it because someone called you because they needed help. And then you got there and you did as what, you know, like whatever you could. So yeah, no, I definitely had like some like issues, but like, I mean, time goes on. You know what I mean, like, like time heals all wounds or whatever, you know, and just like learn to like live with it and just kind of like, I don't know, learn from it and grow from it, you know? 
Yeah, I'm. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate you um, being like you know open to talk about it because I you know I was just uh, curious and then you know that that's pretty intense because like you know you kind of I feel like you kind of like like for me like I've never been overseas I've never seen combat I've never shot a gun uh, so I've never seen anything crazy like that in person so I don't even know how you can prepare any human being for an experience like that so it's just like you know for, for you to be able to uh, you know still you know be here and function and uh you know not let it uh take over and and you know just kind of shut you down i i, I think that's awesome but it, but also it, it's crazy like just thinking about having to go to a foreign country and then you see something like gruesome like that just like yeah like i i don't even know how i would process it because like even like seeing uh uh, like crazy videos on the internet like i don't want it like I, I don't like watching videos of like people getting killed or anything oh yeah i don't i don't fuck with any of that yeah stuff. yeah same here like I, I saw one video when i was like a freshman in high school because i thought it would be like cool like when i was at a friend's house and he showed me it was like that famous beheading video like from back in the day oh yeah 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 and i, I remember i watched that and i just felt sick to my stomach and i was like wow like that wasn't cool or exciting to me like i never want to see anything like that again so it's just um, when I like, you know, navigate like the internet, whenever I, I see videos like on World Star or anything with anything brutal like that, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't want to see yeah. it. Yeah. So it doesn't like, you know, get me excited or turn me on or any of that. I'm just like, yeah, but I, I get it. I, it just, I don't yeah. understand people that like, <laughs> that like watch that shit. I mean, even like that second deployment, I came back and like I used to be like huge into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would get like Fangoria magazine and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I came back and like watched like uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. Or maybe it was like part two or what? I don't remember which one it was. I think it was like the first one, like the remake or whatever. And I was just like, nah, this is too much. I can't deal with this shit right now. And I was like, I just, I like, I didn't like watch like any horror movies after that for like years. Mm-hmm. That's, I was like, I can't, I can't fuck with this shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so obviously it was like uh like a process for you to, you know, to kind of get over your, your PTSD and uh, be okay with, uh, you know, how things, you know, happened. Uh, do you still, uh, you know, deal with it today? Or is it just like, like, so I, I know you mentioned you kind of like lock it away. What honestly is like one of the things that like, I feel like helped me with it was when I decided I was going to try to like get into like the fire department here. Cause it kind of gave me like a goal, mm-hmm. gave me like something to like work towards, you know, as opposed to like, I don't know, I was like working like an office job and like doing like video editing and like just being like, I don't know, just being like, kind of like letting my thoughts or like whatever, like get to me uh, as opposed to like, I wasn't really, like really working towards anything, you yeah. know? So it was like, I don't know. I felt like not having something like a goal or whatever to like, to work on just like left a lot of room for like invasive thoughts or like whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay, so uh, you briefly mentioned there was a a masterpiece record that never came out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we recorded a full length uh, called uh, "No Rest." Uh, I've been meaning. I actually, you will probably be interested in this. Then uh, I need to like. I've been saying it for a little while though, but I'm gonna like work on like putting it up on like Spotify and stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of like getting around to it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to like, I have plans. I just haven't done it yet uh, of putting like the masterpiece stuff up just because like it's not available anywhere, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I know, feel like I feel crazy when I ask people about it and they have no idea what I'm talking about. 
And I'm just like, okay, like I, I get it. It was like, a, it, was, it was just like this brief period of time. And uh, maybe you weren't around then, or maybe just people weren't paying attention. But I'm like, there's this band from San Diego that was so awesome. So like, I think that would be awesome if like you're able to, uh, you know, not only put up this like record that never came out, but like all the older stuff as well. Cause I, I think, yeah, I think that stuff was so awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I plan on like, whenever I do get around to it, uh, just putting up like the full discography, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was, uh, the first demo and then, uh, was it the first demo? Then the cruel summer seven. Wait, I'm sorry, can you hold on for one second? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh you're talking about the I, discography? I just, yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, there was like the uh, the the demo, the Cruel Summer seven inch, and then we recorded a second demo, and then we recorded the full length. Uh, but like we went, we like we did like one tour out in a on like the West Coast, and then we did a tour out in Europe. And after we got back from Europe, I think we played like maybe like one or two shows. I think the last show was at a record store down in like Pacific Beach. And then that was just kind of like the end of it, just kind of like fizzled out. And like the guys, everyone else in the band, they started doing a kind of like a his hero is gone type style band uh, called uh, Fed to the Wolves. And then like I moved away and I you know they worked on all the projects later. The only one I'm really still in touch with is uh, Mike, who played guitar. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then like uh, then also like there's a guy, Wes, he used to be in that band Better Hope Foundation. Uh, a handful of other things but i still keep in touch with him he was in the band only for like a short time uh and the rest of the guys i you know i just lost touch with them like whatever uh and that's just the way life goes you know yeah i because uh, back then like i said earlier like i, I wasn't really uh, super in tune with uh anybody down in san diego at that time so as far as I know, uh, you guys were still a band, but then by the time I realized you guys, uh, you know, kind of just, I called it quits and everybody just kind of started doing their own thing. I was just like, so surprised. I was like, damn, like I thought, uh, like I, I always like, you know, have positive things to say about that band. So I, I always thought you guys were, you know, doing, uh, you know, good stuff. I thought the music was awesome. So when I found out that you guys just weren't doing it anymore, I was just got kind of surprised and it, yeah, I just never got to see like a last show or anything. So yeah. Well, there was there was never like a like a planned last show. It was just mm-hmm. there just happened to be like the last show just happened to be at that record store, you know. And that was just like that was just the end of it. And uh, you know, like which like it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, like there would never be like a masterpiece reunion or anything like that. That would never happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially like you said, like it's like such like a small like little time period, you know, like. Like I said, I don't. I'm not even in uh, in touch with like most of those guys anyway. But uh, I don't know. It was cool. You know, I mean, it was a good experience, and I felt like really fortunate to be able to go and like tour in Europe and shit. Like I never thought I would ever do that in my life. You know. Yeah, I I, I think it's awesome whenever a band is able to you know leave their hometown, uh, you know, to play in another city, but to, to leave uh, you know the, the country. I I would think that's like awesome and like you know crazy to think like traveling so far and there's like people out there who actually know about your music it's just like uh, just like mind-blowing sometimes i yeah i was straight up blown away like you know getting over there i feel like i feel like masterpiece was always like the kind of band that if we were like headlining a small show there'd be like nobody there you know i mean some friends of ours like whatever but if we were like opening like for like a bigger show we'd have like a like a pretty good reaction 
that's cool. Like whatever. So going over to Europe and like not knowing like what it was going to be like, we did a tour with the band uh, from Germany called against your society, which like, they were like awesome. They like pretty much just drove us the whole time and like took care of everything. Uh, and like not knowing how it was going to be. And like, right from the first show, like we were up there playing and as soon as I turned around and kids were like singing along and stage diving and shit, I was like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but it was, it was a really good experience. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, and I don't know if this is the case, I've never been out there, but I feel like when, uh, kids out there know that a band is coming from America, like, you know, coming from the States to like travel all the way out there to, to their country to, to do a tour. I feel like sometimes they like pay more attention and actually care enough to, to want to, um, like get the most out of like their time going to that show because, it's not that often that bands, you know, from the States go out there, um, you know, to, to tour. So I feel like they always try to make the most of that and like, you know, do the extra part to, to learn the lyrics and actually like, you know, know the songs instead of just kind of showing up and like, oh, this is like just some other band, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty wild because like, I feel like, you know, playing shows here in like in America, like on tour or whatever, it's like, you know, I, I book shows every now and then. I, I've booked shows like a lot more like in the past, but like I always like try to like, you know, make sure the bands get paid. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to make any money off of anything. I don't give a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, sometimes it's just like, Oh, like this is how many people showed up. Like, this is all I can give you. Sorry. You came all the way out here is $80, you know, like that's just the way it worked out. And, uh, but like, you know, out there it was like, Oh, like, here's dinner and like here's a place to stay overnight and possibly breakfast in the morning you know i don't know it was it was a pretty wild uh pretty wild experience yeah yeah i I can only imagine like i'm uh dying to to leave the country to go see what it's like 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 in other countries like especially when it comes to hardcore because i feel like i've made so many friends through doing this podcast like from all over the world and it's just like man i have i just have like this list of like places that i want to go and people that i want to see and scenes that i want to like check out just like you know just show up and just kind of just see what it's like because obviously i've been living in southern california my whole entire life so uh you know la orange county san diego uh those scenes are you know that's all i know like you know for the most part i've I've traveled to other states for shows which is which is cool but i I feel like it's not not like that much different because it's like you know it's still here in the states but i want to go and see like what the culture is like you know in another country where like you know people live like way different than we do you know yeah i mean the only shows i've been to outside of the country were like the ones that masterpiece was playing but like i don't know if i was like to travel and just happen to cross paths with like a hardcore show, I would totally go. You know what I mean? How could you not, you know, being involved like in the music for so long, like how would you, how would you not want to go check out something? You know what I mean? Like in another country, if you're, if you happen to, you know, be there at the right time. Yeah. I remember I was on uh vacation in Florida last year. It was almost like, uh, it was like, like almost a year ago from now. And I was on vacation in Florida because uh, my friends and I do like an annual uh, Halloween trip to Disney World. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's like super fun. Something that I was looking forward to. And I remember I, I was out there and I didn't even realize that uh, the the last day that I was in town, uh, there was a, a hardcore show down in Tampa, which is only like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour away. Yeah. And um, it, it was a uh, this band point of contact. It was their um, record release. Oh yeah, yeah, band sec. Yeah, super awesome band. So it, it was their record release show for Commitment, 
And I was like, damn it, I don't want to feel like a dick and like dip out on like our annual trip early to go to this record release. But I really enjoyed the record. And I was like, this is this is like a moment in time. It's like never going to happen again. I was like, I think my friends will be OK with it because like we, you know, we've done this like, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years already. I'll, I'll be back next year. So I uh, reached out to uh, one of my friends who was actually driving from uh I think like he was driving down from Daytona to Tampa and I asked him, I was like, yo, I was like, can you please pick me up on your way? I've never been to a Florida hardcore show. I want to you know, check it out. And obviously like I, I love point of contact. So I want to go to the, to the gig and check it out. And um, he was down. So he, he picked me up uh, and I, I went to the show and it was, it, it was so fun. I was like, okay, this is way worth, you know, skipping out on like, you know, one day of Disney world to, to come down here and see what uh, hardcore is like out in Florida. And yeah, it was like, like something that I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, that's that's a good time of uh, of year to go there too, because they got that whole like food and wine festival and stuff that down there. Oh, oh, so you're you're um, familiar with Disney World? Yeah, uh, actually, like when I lived out in California, uh, I used to have like a, like the annual pass, uh, like with like an ex girlfriend of mine. Uh, she was from Orange County, oh, and uh, okay. we would we would uh, we'd go all the time, you know, just hanging out. Like, I mean, a bunch of hardcore kids were going there, but like I went to uh disney world uh like when i was like in like fifth or sixth grade or something like that and then uh went down there like during that like food and wine festival uh five years ago mm-hmm. uh after i got married me and my wife we took we did like a road trip uh and we ended up going to disney like we like drove down south uh and it was it was awesome you know what i mean like I felt like the food was like reasonably priced and everything. I don't drink, so I didn't mess with like the wine part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was cool. Uh, last time I went to Disney was like last last year's spring break or whatever, and I was like in a horrible mood. And I went with uh, my wife and sister in law and her husband, and I was told that later that I ruined the trip. <laughs> oh wow! Dang. Okay. Uh- I you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to, but I'm curious like why were you so upset? Um, and at uh, Disney because I, I I imagine because I I love it so much that like once I get there, there's just like so much cool stuff that it would kind of like maybe like change my mood. No, I you know it's uh like I just feel like sometimes I just kind of go through like ups and downs, you mm-hmm. know, and that was like that was definitely like a like a down period, That's and I just like wasn't feeling being gone at that time, you know. Okay, that's crazy. Sometimes, uh, I, 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 I love Disney so much. Like, I've never, uh, really been in like a bad mood at Disney. Like, dude, like one time, I totaled my car, and my buddy picked me up from the side of the freeway. I, I was like right on the five freeway. I, I told my car. My car got towed to some junkyard because it was it was done, and. And like we, I, I was literally driving to a, a work meeting, and then we had plans to go to Disneyland afterwards. Obviously, I didn't show up to the work meeting because like I didn't like you know having to deal with the the police and like the firefighters. Like they, they tried to get me to hop in the ambulance, and I was just like, I was like, no, I was like, I'm not going in the ambulance. That, that that's probably going to be a big bill that I don't want to pay. I was like, I'm fine. I was like, yeah, I have like a couple of scratches and you know some bruising, but I'm okay. And they're just like they're like interrogating me they're like oh, like were you on drugs and i was like no I, I wasn't on drugs and i explained to them like what had happened and luckily there was like witnesses who pulled over to verify like my story which i would like i'm super thankful for because it, it sounded like pretty crazy and 
so they were able to verify it. So luckily, like I didn't get a ticket because like I was gonna have to like pay like damages to the city because like um the wall on the freeway got messed up because of my car. Um, but since they, they like verified my story and I wasn't at fault, like I was okay. So my car just got towed to the junkyard, and by the time like I was done dealing with them, my roommate showed up. I was like the meeting was over, so I was like fuck it, like let's just go to D- Disneyland. And I, I thought I would be like like a downer and just like be like so sad, but I was just like whatever. Uh, there's nothing I can do. My car's gone. I just, I'm, I'm just going to keep you know moving forward and I'll figure it out. And yeah. And yeah, it's like, there's been some pretty bad days, but whenever I'm at Disney, it's, it, I feel like it's always all right. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, great. yeah, I know. It, it's like, it's fun. I enjoy, I enjoy the parks, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised that you, you had a Disney pass and, uh, you know, like, you talk about how like all the hardcore kids used to go to Disney. I, I feel like there was a time where it was like cool to have like a Disney pass, but then I feel like it, it went from cool to like, you know, being kind of corny and like uh, Disney gets like a lot of hate. Um, but it's like, yeah, like I, I, I've always had a pass and I, I got one like right before I moved to Orange County. So I, I moved to Orange County in 2010. I got one like right before I moved out and I, I've had one every year since. I think they're, lit- they're pretty expensive now, right? Like, oh, dude, yeah. I think I was paying. I think last year I paid like, like two thousand dollars for my pass. Shit. I feel like there's no way. I mean, it was not, not even close to that. Like at the time that I was, I had that pass. Like, there's no way I would have been able to like afford that. Oh, know? dude, yeah. They they hit some like uh like price like increases like like i think they had like i think three or four years like in a row they just kept like kept upping the price because i think there was like you know talk behind the scenes but nothing like official but but there was talks of them uh you know increasing the price to try to drive ap holders away because uh there's like this um you know ap holders go to the park but they don't spend money in the park since they live yeah, locally. Yeah, yeah so i like why i think what they're trying to do is they're trying to price out the ap holders and just kind of have like normal ticket guests come in the people who are actually going to spend money in the park that was like you know some like you know dark you know web thing that they're talking about behind the <laughs> scenes uh, who knows if it's true but i was like fuck it That's i was like disney dark web yeah but i was like whatever i was like two thousand dollars yeah that, that, that's like a nice chunk of change but I, I still feel like we're getting the better end of the deal because you think about a, a one day ticket to just Disneyland's like 120 bucks. And if I'm paying $2,000 for the whole year, I can go whenever I want. No blackout dates, free parking. I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like a good deal to me. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as long as you're using it, you know, if you're like, and you're right there in Orange County. So, yeah, it's not, I'm like 10 minutes from the park right now. But it's just like, I'm not sure if there like, would, like, yeah, I feel like maybe if it got like like crazy expensive because there definitely would be a point where I, I wouldn't want to pay like you know a crazy amount of money if the circumstances uh, you know doesn't change because if, if they still just offer the same stuff that i've been getting but they just keep raising the price it's like yeah at some point i'm gonna have to tap out yeah but and that the the park's not open right like i know disney world's open but disneyland is it still shut down or what yeah it, it, it's been closed since uh the middle of march there's like wow yeah, if I'm being honest, I feel like there's just like weird like political stuff behind the scenes and that's why it's still closed because they they have downtown Disney open. The governor has been to Disneyland. He, the governor was at Disneyland like a couple of weeks ago to to you know check it out to see if it was safe. And Disney's been, you know, following uh, you know, all the same guidelines at their other parks just trying to keep like the same system because uh it's worked at like the other parks around the world, no you know outbreaks or anything crazy. 
So they 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 say that they're ready to go, but it's it's just the the governor doesn't think it's uh, safe right now to do it. Are are like uh, like other amusement parks like Magic Mountain or whatever? Do they open back up or no? No, all all theme parks okay. are closed. Yeah, like Knott's Berry Farm, Universal Studios. Yeah, they're all like all the CEOs and everybody like you know like at these theme parks are like you know sending letters to to the governor to try to get them to open it, but. Uh, you know there's just like weird stuff going on like he, like the, the newest information is he's like sending he's sending a team to florida to see what it's like to try to uh, see how they can like mirror that here in california i don't know it's, it's complete I just, I just imagine like a bunch of like government officials like i don't know riding like uh like the haunted mansion like all right this is okay <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's weird stuff and like it, it, it's probably things that uh, you know that, that will probably never like, or that the public will never get because I'm sure there's, uh, there's like darker things going on. People's hands aren't getting greased properly. Yeah. Uh, damn. But dude, I, I feel like we. Um, I, obviously, it, it's been cool to be able to talk to you about masterpieces that's still blowing my mind and all this other stuff. But I feel like we've barely like tapped into um, Perfect World. That's <laughs> yeah, not <it's> cool. <laughs> um, th- that name I, I feel is uh, pretty interesting because. Uh, perfect world like where did you guys come up with that because sometimes uh you know like it would be nice to uh, you know kind of live in a a perfect world but i feel like that's just not a possibility like i feel like humans were just like wouldn't allow ourselves to you know have that kind of peace so uh like when we when we first like started the band uh well I, i started talking about that earlier but yeah it started by me and my friend jay and then we actually like officially started it like at the uh the rabies tribute show in Tompkins square park. Oh, wow. Uh, with okay. our friend, Brian, like we talked to him, like, yo, let's do this band. And, uh, then we started, we started working on it eventually. And, uh, then like pulled in some other members, uh, Jimmy, who used to play drums in the band blackest, uh, sick drummer. Uh, and then Aaron, who I met off of the bridge nine board. And I didn't, you know, it's funny, like the realization that you had that I was in masterpiece. I had the same thing with Aaron, uh, he used to be in a band out in Missouri where he's from uh, called Flanders. And like after he had joined the band, I realized that he was in Flanders. I was like, oh, shit, I love that band. I like listen to it all the time. Uh, but uh, the original name that we were going for was uh, Rest, which is actually a, a name that we use uh, for like one of the songs on this uh, on the War Culture album. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there was like also some some German band going under the name Rest. Uh and so we we're like, oh, like, well, let's not do that then. You know what I mean? Like, even though I don't know, I don't know what's up with that band now. Uh, but we were like trying to come up with names and we all had like, we had like made lists, like whatever. And like, we were just at practice and I was wearing a buried alive shirt and on the back of it says the death of your perfect world. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, the drummer was like, you know, what about just perfect world? And we were all kind of like, all right. Yeah, no, that works. Uh, I mean, number one, I love buried alive, but like, just kind of like going with like the things that I write about, like the themes, like whatever. Um, Cause like, you know, like the lyrics are like either like kind of like self-reflecting or like, like politically motivated, whatever. Uh, that is almost like kind of like a, like a commentary on like, we don't live in a perfect world, you know, like, uh, and that's, that's kind of like where the name just came from. It was just me wearing a buried alive shirt. <laughs> that's crazy. I was, uh, talking about um how hard it is to come up with like a, a, a good band name these days because you think about uh you know 
bands and not even just in hardcore but just across all genres like bands are constantly being formed and to come up with a a, a, a good name a name that will stand out or something that doesn't sound too corny or something that hasn't already been taken like like yeah. good luck because it, it's just so challenging these days so i i think it's cool that you guys were able to you know just uh, come up with that you know all based off you know just the, the idea from that t-shirt that you're wearing there's like there's like one other perfect world you can find them on spotify and i i don't know they have like a cover of like a pink song. Like, I don't, I don't know what their deal is, but they're not like, they're not an active band. There's like an old, like, I don't know, butt rock band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck it. They're not active. They're, yeah. They're not really using the name. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. No, I, I definitely enjoy the name. Um, but I'm curious about the, the new record, uh, the, the title of the record, and the artwork because it's yeah. just, uh you know i feel like the artwork's pretty interesting and then the 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 name of the record like what does that mean like the, the significance behind that war culture okay so yeah so uh war culture also comes from like the there's like a song that i wrote called uh war culture same name and it's just kind of like um i don't know throughout like the entire history of the united states we've just been at war you know what i mean like and now it's like it's gotten to the point too, like where it's like, that's just like the normal thing. Like I remember like when like Iraq first started or whatever in Afghanistan, it was like news all the time, but like, there's like still people deployed to this day. Uh, and it's just like something that we've just come to accept as like, that's our reality. That's what we live in. You know what I mean? Like the, like things have been going on since nine 11. You know what I mean? This has been 19 years that we've been in the same war. You know what I mean? And it's changed. It's like, it's going like up and down of like the amount of like actual combat going on, but like the, it's still, we're still like at war. Uh, and that's just kind of been like the entire history of the United States anyway. I mean, we basically started with a war and it's just kind of like this thing that just exists and like no one even like even thinks about it anymore, you know, like, uh, and so that's like the name came from that, uh, just i mean like i i kind of like i talk about it in the song and everything but it's just like uh like one of the lines in the song is like uh like this beast needs to feed it can't be done when we're a nation at peace and it's just like it's like the war machine everything just keeps like going i mean these these people are like making like billions of dollars off of i don't know sending young kids out to go shoot someone in the face you know like the people that are like the people that are like they're getting into like fights with still to this day in Afghanistan, they don't even know what nine eleven was. It's not even like it's not even like blip on their radar. They don't even know because they were they were not even born at the time, you know, like or like they were young or whatever. They don't know what nine eleven is. Um but yeah, that's like I don't know, that's like where like the the name war culture comes from. Uh you know, and like there's like I talk about uh, like my military experiences and everything like during the record in uh, songs like King of the Night like where I, like I talk about like why I went like overseas and I came back and like I couldn't sleep but the name actually came from a, a co-worker of mine my friend Dave uh, he was the one who gave who gave me the name King of the Night because it was from a story he told he was an army ranger and he said that when he first got to uh, Afghanistan he was like a mess like he fell into like a shit ditch like getting tangled up in like clotheslines, like whatever. And then he was like, by the end of that deployment, I was the like king of the night. And that's just kind of like where the, 
the, the title for that came from, but like, uh, yeah, it's just like back onto like the war culture thing. It's just, uh, I felt like a, a, we felt like it was going to be like a fitting name for the record just because of what's talked about during the entire record, not just that one song. Um, and then the artwork, uh, Drew, who does, uh, who does like a lot of our graphic design, he plays bass for us now. Uh, he, uh, he came across the artwork. Uh, I believe the guy's name is Otto Dix, uh, who was an artist in Germany. Uh, like, and, but he fought in world war one and then he painted, uh, based off of like, off of those experiences that you can, you can see, like, uh, if you like look up a lot of his work, he, uh, he just kind of like, I know kind of going through like the same thing that like, I feel like probably so many other people have gone through of like experiencing war and then trying to like, I don't know, rationalize it in your brain and like go from there. Uh, and so he painted that and then he ended up like when world war two broke out, he was like arrested by like the Nazis. Uh, and they, they were, they were trying to like, um, I guess, I don't know, like, I'm like kind of like losing the word for it, but basically they were giving him shit because of like his paintings. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they like forced him to like work for them, like making like, um, like, I don't know, like whatever posters or whatever, but like he still found a way in his art to like, kind of like stick it to them. Uh, even though he was in a position where he was being forced to work for like a fucked up government, you know? Uh, and so when Drew found that work and then like, you know, I looked into like the guy's like history and everything and I was like, okay, that's cool. And we all kind of agreed on it. And I feel like it's like a pretty cool, uh, representation of like what we're trying to talk about in this record, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, a pretty interesting, like, you know, art piece. Cause I, I look at it and I you know try to make out, like I can you know see some limbs and what I think is like blood splatter. So it's, it, you know, it's definitely something that could, you know, it's like, you know, thought provoking, just uh, look at it and just try to, you know, see different things in it. So it's, it's, it's pretty like interesting. I, I I like it versus just like, you know, like a typical, you know, like live shot or just text yeah. or something. So yeah, I'm definitely down for that. And um, you guys uh, obviously have the, the album name at the top, but it's also in a bunch of different languages. Was that just, yeah. Yeah. That was just, uh like a design choice by by drew mm -hmm. um i feel like it kind of like gives a feel of like a like an import cd or something but yeah it's really i don't know it's a pretty cool design i mean i feel like it almost looks like it should be the back of a record but uh like you can imagine if those were like song names as opposed to just being the same thing like in different languages but uh it's pretty cool. I, I like it just because it's uh, a little bit different. Yeah. And who knows uh, uh, where like your record will end up and somebody in like a different part of the world will kind of, you know, be able to read it in their own language, their native language and you True. Know, yeah. could spark some interest. So I I, th I think it's a cool, cool design choice. I'm, I'm definitely into it. I, I feel like right now I'm like trying to learn like another language, which is it was something I haven't done since high school. So it's just like, what, you know, are, you, what are you trying to learn? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to learn just, uh, to speak and like read Korean. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm in like the very early stages. So I'm like watching. Yeah. Like, I'm like deep on like, what, oh wait, go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna say, what are you using for that? Okay. Oh, I was actually just about to explain. I'm, I'm, uh, it's like right now I'm just kind of, uh, I'm on Reddit and kind of just like using, um, the links that they're like suggesting, which is like helpful. So it's like all this like introductory stuff. And then, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to take it serious. So at some point I'm going to like invest in, um, like, like a book to see if like I can, you know, uh, learn that way or if i feel like the book's not really doing it for me then maybe paying to uh you know something online to have like some sort of like lessons so I, i'm still doing my research and try to figure out like, the best route for me to actually learn so so like three years ago or so uh i went on a trip to japan and like the year like leading up to that uh i used this app called memorize okay like m-e-m-r-i-s-e and i use that to like learn japanese uh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, everything's going to be like what you put into it, but like I was using it every single day and like, I came out of it, like being able to like read Japanese, even though like, I wouldn't know what the word was saying. I could, you know what I mean? I knew what it said, but I know like always the translation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I thought that was a pretty sick app. Uh, and I, I mean that I used Duolingo a little bit for it too, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like Memorize was better. You should check it out. Yeah, no, I don't know sure. how much they charge. I honestly like I stopped using it the day I got home from Japan <laughs> and I haven't mm-hmm. touched it since. Like I, and I'm always like, oh, I should get back into doing that because it was pretty fun. But like I just haven't got around to it. OK, w- when you went to Japan, uh, how helpful was that to you? Do you think like were you actually like having conversations or did you need to speak to people in Japanese? So uh it was pretty awesome because like, like I said, I was able to like read. So even though they have like signs in English and stuff, sometimes it's like a digital sign. And there were like a couple of times like where it was like, we had to like catch a train and we were like last minute. And like, I could like read the sign and be like, Oh, that one says Kyoto or whatever, you know, like I could actually like read it before, like having to cycle through and like sit there and wait for it to like say it in English. But like when I went over there, I went with like a huge group of like my wife's family. Uh, and like, she can speak Japanese, like pretty good. Uh, her father lived there for a little while. Like her father uh, lived in uh, Okinawa for a bit, and uh, like his his father was like in the military, and his his mother was from Japan. Um, she was also on that trip with us, though. So I mean, she's from there, so she can speak it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, I feel like it was, it was it was useful because, like, I would wake up at like five in the morning. And just like, I you know, I was like, wake up, but I was like, I'm in Japan. I'm going to get up and start doing stuff. And everyone's still be asleep. And I'd be walking around the city five in the morning. I mean, it was, it was useful to like, uh, like when I was out there, like walking around by myself, because like I could ask, you know what I mean? Like actually have like pretty basic conversation with someone about whatever food I was trying to get or whatever it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it was, it was useful. I mean, I don't regret doing it at all. I mean, it's great just to to learn something. You know what I mean? Especially like you get older, you're not in school or anything anymore. You know what I mean? Find like new things to learn and keep your uh, keep your mind active. Yeah, no, that 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 sounds so cool because I I have this like desire to to travel more when it's available because I, I have like you know vacation time from work or whatever, and I, I just never really. Uh, wanted to travel outside of the country because I, I just didn't feel uh, comfortable doing it. Just I just imagine like, you know, like traveling to like a you know foreign country 
and like it was really no real reason to go but now uh, it's just like oh cool like uh you know friends here or i have people to travel with so it's, it's like a little more incentive to actually want to go out and like travel the world um so it's just like yeah i, I want to go and just try to like uh enjoy the culture but also like respect it and also i think it'd be cool to be able to communicate with the locals like in their native tongue because uh you know obviously yeah, absolutely like english is cool um we obviously you know uh, speak it but i just want to uh, just see how it is uh, you know just trying to communicate with people in another language and it's, it's, it's crazy to, to like think because i like i'm like you know uh, like i said early stages so there's like you know like the basic phrases that i've like you know been like just like going over it in my head and it's just like weird to like think about these like korean phrases like in korean in my head but like also knowing that like you know what it actually means in english so it's, it's weird i'm just like thinking about it and like i, I hope um I, I get to a point where it it's like and i'm not trying to be like you know master class i i just want to be able to to just talk to somebody normally so uh, who knows oh, that's how, awesome yeah so I, i'm just kind of going with it and uh just, just you know hopefully I'll, I'll check out that app that you suggested and um you know eventually buy a book and you know hopefully have some cool use for it. Cause I, I think it would be cool to be, um, uh, you know, bilingual. Cause I know so many friends, like my mom's trilingual and that just blows my mind. I don't even understand how she knows. <laughs> like, I don't know her bring handles all that. Just like three different languages. So I'm just like, damn, like I'm just like slacking. Like I only know English. Well, I, that, that's like, I feel like so common. Like, I mean, like you go to other countries and they like, especially they go to Europe and it's like someone speaks like three languages or whatever and English being one of them. Mm -hmm. And then like someone comes over here and they have like, you know I mean like broken English or whatever. And we're so like arrogant and fucking assholes that like people will be like, like learn how to speak English. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's like, dog, this, this person can speak like four languages. Like you barely can fucking get a grasp of the English language and you live here. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Um, yeah, where uh, people here yeah do want to like yell at people to to speak english but it's like yeah it's crazy that it's like no it's like it, it's way better to like know multiple languages so it's just like that's something that i want to strive to to do like obviously like koreans the first step because when i went to high school i actually took japanese for uh three years in high school and one year in college and then i realized that I just didn't want to do school anymore so i just stopped and i I, yeah. I, I forgot everything which is like so sad to think about because i i i love like you know japanese culture like you know grew up like watching anime playing video games and i've always like you know wanted to go to japan i was actually supposed to go to japan. I was, i'm actually supposed to be coming home from japan right now if uh, covid didn't oh, happen man. yeah me and my buddy johnny had like this um, japan trip planned but uh, obviously it got scrapped yeah um, i really want to go back out there yeah dude I, I i always watch like so many like random like youtubers that go and like travel and just like a bunch of like foodie stuff on youtube out there and it's just like like i, I like yeah it's, it's like a dream to to go out to japan i'm trying to, i'm trying to hit up uh vietnam when the world gets back to normal if that ever happens uh what's on vietnam for you nothing <laughs> i just want to go you know no for sure uh you know just just see more of the world you know uh I think, you know, I mean, like, you know, you're only, you're only on this planet for like a short amount of time, like live, have some experiences, you know? And I don't know why I'm just like, something's like, I need to go to Vietnam. <laughs> I don't know like what it is. I just want to go and I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. I, so I'm 31 and part of me wishes I was a little more reckless when I was younger. 
but for me, I, I was like, you know, like right after high school, I was like, all right, like I just want to have like at least a stable source of income so I can do the things that I want to do. And then I'll also try to, uh, you know, live out my dreams in the process and just try to figure it out. Um, but I, I had this buddy, he like called me one night and he was like, yo, like I'm buying a one way ticket to Japan and then I'm going to figure it out. Like you should do it too. And I was okay. like, I was like, you're fucking crazy. I was like, I have work tomorrow. I don't think my mom would like that. So I'm not going to do that. And he did it. And I haven't heard from him since. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> uh, hopefully, um, hopefully he's out in Japan killing it or hopefully he made it back home, but it's just like, yeah, yeah it's, I, I, like yeah i don't know what what i would have done because i mean, he was um, in like uh my japanese class in high school so like we were friends so he knew how to speak the language so i'm like hoping he he did well but so yeah like i couldn't do that uh when i was like you know 18 19 because I, I i was just worried about having enough money to to pay my phone bill so i could still go on like aim and you know text people yeah uh but it's like whatever uh but now it's like, okay, I'm 30. I'm way more capable. I have more money than I did back then. And I get like awesome vacation time from work and sick time. I'll abuse that, whatever. And I just want to travel once this, yeah, like once this thing's think like once the pandemic, you know, calms down and the borders open up and I can travel, I want to do that. I, I want to take advantage and just see more of the world. Just like, I watch stuff on Netflix, like, uh, and I, I suggest this to everybody. There's a show called Down to Earth, uh, hosted by Zach Efron. Have you ever heard of it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. Okay, dude, awesome show. So just like seeing like that show and seeing how like other countries are like using like the Earth's like resources and like way better fashion than we are. It's like I want to go and see what that stuff's like. I want to you know go to all these places that like my friends live at like in foreign countries. And I want to like I said, the hardcore is a big part of like, you know, me wanting to travel. I want to see stuff in other countries. So it's just like, yeah, definitely want to take advantage of that. Cause yeah, we're all going to die at some point. We're all born, you know, terminal or whatever. Like we all know we're going to die at some point. So it's just like, why not try to make the most of it? You know, there's uh, like, like three very like motivating words to like think about how to live your life. Okay. And those three words are just, you're going to die. You know, and just think about it like that. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Okay. You know, like you're yeah. going to die. Like you got to get the shit in while you can. Yeah. How is it that like, like we all know we're going to die at some point, but like uh, we managed to kind of like not really think about it too much <laughs> throughout our life. And then like, you know, towards the end when it's like, uh, like more of a reality is like, holy shit, like I'm sad. Like, but no, it's like we, we've known this whole time that it was going to happen. So it's just like, yeah, like I want to like when, when it's my time. I just want to just be at peace with it. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, whenever it does happen, I can look back at my life and, you know, be happy and, you know, cherish the things that I did instead of like, you know, being sad and like wishing that I would have went to Japan or wishing that I went to Korea or, or just anything, you know, I, I just want to try to just make the most and enjoy my life as much as I can. Cause like, yeah, like we all have like bummer days, like, you know, shit happens. But I just, you know, I always just want to try to focus on just finding ways to enjoy my life more than like hating it, you know? I, I think that with like all the pandemic and everything going on, I think once everything like kind of like gets back to normal, I think you're going to see a lot of people, you know, taking advantage of stuff like that, like traveling, doing things that they, you know, always, have always wanted to do, especially like when things were like in like the proper like quarantine, like lockdown, you know what I mean? And like think about like, shows you've skipped out on think about you know 
chances that you had to take trips or whatever that you didn't take. And then you're like stuck at home and you're like, damn, I wish I could still, I had access to do stuff like that. And I think once things start to get back to normal, I think something I hope comes like comes out of this is that um, people don't live to work anymore. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can work to live, but like, don't like put everything all your focus on just like your career or whatever, have some time for yourself. You know what I mean? People have like picked up new hobbies you know what I mean? Like whatever. And I mean, some people that's just getting fucked up every day. Uh, but like, I don't know. It's, it's probably like, uh, I think there's going to be a, a big shift in people doing stuff that like fulfills them at least for a little bit. You know what I mean? Until like things start to just kind of like get back to the grind, you know? Um, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, when things get back to normal traveling yeah actually right before like the pandemic started i just got my renewed passport <laughs> so now it's worth nothing yeah same here me and my buddy johnny uh, uh he he's um had his password but i had to renew renew mine um but it was just like yeah it was just like there's no point he's like i can't go anywhere yeah um but uh one thing i was curious about is uh right now like obviously like we're still in the pandemic uh you know some places out here it doesn't feel like it i feel like uh like a a lot of people are starting to just kind of get over like actually like you know quarantining and you know restaurants are opening back up the 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 movies have opened back up like i've gone to the movies but i I feel like just a lot of people are just over being in a pandemic and a lot of people are just kind of treating it like as if it's not really going on anymore because i i I have friends who go out to bars and party and rage and stuff and i'm just like dude that's so weird i hope you're safe i hope you're enjoying yourself but just like you know like i just watch like their instagram shit and i'm like dude like i hope you guys are being safe other nobody gets sick because that's just crazy because it's still a real thing but um I'm just curious where you're at. Uh, uh, are you in Brooklyn or? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, are, um, are things better out there or like, how's it going? Cause I know it was pretty bad at one point out there in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, like when everything first started, it was like, I was actually on like my scheduled vacation at the time. Uh, I flew back and we played a show like two nights before the actual lockdown happened down in Philadelphia with a uh, no option, strangle you living in hell. Also it was great show. Yeah, I was saying like, uh, you know, I was, I was like in like the proper like quarantine and I went back to work and everyone was like, just like in the firehouse, it was like everything was like business as usual, you know, eating at the table all together, cooking together, everything. Uh, so that was kind of like weird like, walking back into them. You're like, oh shit, like human inter- interaction again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, no, things were like pretty, like pretty fucked here in New York for a bit. I mean, like you probably saw it online or on the news or like whatever, but like it was like legit, like like trucks, like refrigerated trucks with dead bodies stacked inside of it. Like outside of hospitals, outside of funeral homes, even like close to like where I live, there was a a refrigerated warehouse where they were just storing bodies. And like, then you see people, you know, online, like whatever, like it's a hoax. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, no, this shit was like legit happening, you know? that sounds like so morbid to to think about bodies just getting stacked like that that's how many people were you know dying because of the coronavirus that's yeah that, that that's yeah, wild it, to hear. it's it's definitely weird you know what i mean i feel like you know new york city has 
best city in the world. Love it. You know what I mean? Like I love like moving here is like one of the best decisions I ever made. But like when the shit hits the fan, it hits it hard here. You know what I mean? Because you got so many people in such like a compact space. Yeah. So something like this, you know what I mean? Like I said, like if it's gonna hit the fan, it's gonna go hard. And that's exactly what happened. Um and like over time, you know what I mean? Like things have got like back to normal, you know what I mean? Like it was pretty wild. I like on one of the days, like when everything was still shut down, like I rode my bike like out to Times Square and it was just like a ghost town, you know, like the whole ride. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like everything is pretty business as usual. Pretty much everyone's like wearing masks, mm-hmm. uh, inside, outside. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like not outside or like in a park or whatever. You know what I mean? If, if I'm at the park and I'm sitting there by myself, I'm not just sitting, you know, with like a mask on. Like yeah. no one around me at all, you know. Um, but like, yeah, every, pretty much everywhere you go, I, I can like look out my window right here, and you see people just like walking by with masks on. Uh, so you know, I think one of the problems is that, like, number one, you don't have any like leadership from the top, starting with like the president, who just dismissing it from the start, and then, which like makes it into a, a political issue. You know what I mean? I feel like if he would have came out right from the start and been like, you know, this shit's fucked up. This is what we have to do. Actually, actually acted like a leader. You know what I mean? They basically threw him like a softball, like, here you go. You know what I mean? Here's your chance to like do something. And instead he turned it into this thing where people like it created more of a divide. Everything right now is a divide. And as we lead up to the election, it's just like, I don't know, things, things are pretty fucked up like all around. Um, luckily, uh, our, the governor here, he was like, he was pretty good. It was weird every single day having like a mayor's brief on TV and then the governor's brief on TV. It's like the middle of the day and there's nothing else on and you're just stuck at home. So it's like, oh, cool. Like what's like uncle Cuomo going to tell us today, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird because like, I mean, this thing is still happening. You know, we got, you know, like a thousand people a day dying or whatever the number is like throughout the country. And it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of surreal. Uh, but like in New York, things have like gone pretty much back to normal. Then, I mean, you still can't go into a movie theater. You know what I mean? Those are all, are all still shut down. Um, they, they started doing like outdoor dining, uh, which has been actually like pretty cool. But like, I mean, as it starts to get colder, they said they're going to continue it for the rest of the year, but who's trying to go out and eat some spaghetti <laughs> while it's like 14 degrees out, you know? Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Uh, they, they just did recently start doing um, like indoor dining, but it's like at a 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like if there's another shutdown, if there's like a second wave over it or whatever, I don't know how many places are going to be able to survive, you know, like through that shutdown already. You know I mean, like, there's a ton of like small businesses, even big businesses that are shut down and just like gone. Like, I mean, I, I was in the city the other day and like this really big Walgreens that's like right over by St. Mark's is just empty. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just kind of like the way it is just like empty, 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 empty. Like so many places are just closed down. Uh, like I said, it's big and small. It's pretty wild. And then like, you got a lot of people that left the city, like when the, pandemic happened and they went to like wherever they're from 
uh like went to go like live back like with like their parents or whatever um whatever it was uh and then now after that people have come back or whatever but so many people are moving out because i mean rent in new york is expensive and people are out of work uh I don't know. It's pretty wild. Every month you just see like entire apartments like out on the street being thrown away because people just have to leave the city. They have to move. Uh, and it's like, uh, I don't know. It's pretty interesting to to live through this. Yeah, definitely some strange times. I wish we did have better leadership because when I look at other countries who are able to uh, you know, handle the coronavirus like way better than we did. It, it just blows my mind. I'm like, dude, like it didn't have to be like a whole like, you know, bipartisan issue. It could have just, you know, we all, all could have just like teamed up. It's like, yo, this is like literally life or death. Like, let's all try to, you know, come out of this alive. But uh, yeah, it just turned into like this whole weird like political thing, which I, I don't think it, it had to. So that sucked. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely strange times. Uh, and I, I'm just like hoping that at some point the, you know, there's a vaccine but then obviously all the conspiracy theorists uh, they're implanting like nano like you know machines in us and like all this crazy stuff but it's like yeah. dude like like at, at this point like uh i i would take it whatever if i could take a vaccine right now to to not have to worry about coronavirus i would do it call me crazy i i feel like I'm not, I don't even buy an iPhone when it first comes out. So I'll go like wave two or something like that. Oh, you're know? going wave two. Okay. No, no, no. See me, I, I'm, I, I'm right there. I'll, I'll, I'll be the, the, the test subjects, uh, you know, put a chip in me. I'm good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Like where it's like people are like, they're going to track us with computer chips. It's like, no one gives a shit what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you live in like some small town and like, like, like the government's going to track you going to Walmart. Like who gives a shit? Uh, I don't, I don't think that's like really ever going to be the case, but, uh, actually I, I did, uh, I did have uh coronavirus like in like mid March or so. What? Okay. Uh, You're the second person and actually second guest in a row to come on to have coronavirus. This is insane. Wow. Yeah. And, and from New York, yeah. but, uh, the guy before you, he was on, on Long Island. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife and I, we both had it. And Whoa. like, she, uh, for her, it was like, she just had like a bad flu. Okay. And she just stayed, we have like a second bedroom. Uh, she just like stayed in there. And for me, it was like, you know, I had a cough for, for a few days. And then like, it was like one night where I probably had a fever, but I just didn't take my temperature. I was like playing Call of Duty and like wrapped in a blanket and like, I'm fucking cold, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, it was, it was like right at the time, like when the story came out about like that NBA player that like was like, I can't breathe anything. Uh, I, can't, sorry, I can't smell anything. And I was like, oh, shit. Like my wife had been saying like she can't she can't taste or smell anything. And I don't really have a good sense of smell as it is, but I could still taste everything. And so I got up that morning, like after that story came out and uh, I just started sniffing things. <laughs> like, like I realized like, like I like I like it was like can of cat food, like right up to my nose, like. Uh big breath in and nothing, no smells. So I was like, damn, that's crazy. And then, you know, we eventually, uh, we got tested and, you know, we had the antibodies, but now they're saying that people are starting to be able to get it like a second time. So who knows, you know? Oh, so you guys just beat it. Like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that. And for her, it was like a little over a week. And for me, it was like, like literally like three days. 
That's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's strange. Um, you know, it, it, it affects everybody like like different. Obviously, it's not just some like blanket thing, you know. So, like once again, I'm happy to hear that uh, both of you uh, were able to beat it and come out fine. Um, just like the the last guest, I'm happy Dan was able to to, to beat it and, and be okay. Um, but yeah, that that's such a trip. Like I, I I was telling Dan, and I'll say it again. Like I never stopped working during the pandemic. And I have to be like around a lot of people. So I just accepted that I was going to get it at some point. Like, obviously, like, I'm not like, you know, touching and licking people or yeah, doing yeah. like weird stuff. But I figured I was like, OK, if, if it's as crazy as, uh, you know, they're saying and like they're not really sure, um, you know, like how you can get it. It's just like, you know, airborne on services, like whatever. I was just like, all right, cool. Like, let's figure it out. Like, if I get it. I'll deal with it. But if I don't cool, like I just gotta, you know, just try to be stable and just continue to live my life. And, um, and as far as I know, I haven't gotten it. I got tested once, um, which, uh, I, I, I didn't even tell anybody, but luckily like I wasn't like going out and like seeing people, but I, I, I got tested because, um, uh, somebody close to me got it. And they're just like, hey, I got yeah. coronavirus. You should go get tested. You might have it. And I was like, oh, great. That's the best news of the day. But luckily, I was fine. But yeah, I've, I, I, as far as I know, I've been okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I think, I think guys that I work with also had it. Okay. But like, I mean, look at you know, what I mean, like, you're in a firehouse and or going into people's homes and everything like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's bound to happen. Uh. But like no one I work with got like severely sick from it. So that's good. I mean, I also just think about it. Like, you mean like we're all like somewhat young, like whatever and in decent shape, you know what I mean? Like no really like underlying conditions Mm -hmm. for the guys I work with, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see like, I don't know what, like what's going to happen, you know, like what, when, when does this end? How you know, how long is it going to take? Could be years. We don't you know. What I mean, we have no idea. Who knows about live music? You know. Yeah. How's uh, Sweden doing? Because they just never shut down. They just kind of kept going, right? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, they also have like a smaller population. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm not like an expert on. <laughs> no, me either. I I'm I'm like everything I get is like obviously like the articles that I read online, but I just you know kind of have to uh, like kind of hold judgment because it's like not everything you read online is true so it's just like i'm reading stuff from all over the place and just kind of getting like an idea of what's going on but not really knowing so it's like yeah I, i'm not an expert either like i i talk about like my experiences and i like to listen to other people's and i i just hope yeah it, it, at some point it, it's not going to be as uh, deadly as it is um hopefully it'll, you know maybe it'll get to the point where it's just like the just the flu you know do you go get a shot or you know it's yeah. not as deadly because the, the, the flu still kills people but it's not like you know it's not rampant it's not taking out thousands of people like you know the coronavirus well, yeah, that's like you know so many people at the beginning were saying like oh it's just like the flu the flu kills more people like whatever like all this stuff but it's like look at look at the numbers now and like yeah. i don't know i don't know anyone that's like died of the flu you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and like well no one like directly like in contact with me as like died of it and like hopefully that's remains the case like it's like people i know like you know i mean like a relative of someone i know or like i mean even look at like celebrities that died from it you know like there was a broadway actor who died uh like a month or two ago you know you hear people dropping all the time from this shit 
yeah the like nobody like super close to me like i i used to date this girl uh she lost her mom and her sister like a couple days apart to corona which i wow. thought was like crazy and and that was like okay i was like i, I that's like pretty wild to me because like i i knew her mom and her sister like you know it, like interacted with them and they're like really nice people so to, to to hear that they you know passed because of corona, I'm like damn that's that's so crazy to me and it, like it just doesn't seem like real sometimes like when I think about it but it's just like yeah like I guess you know that that shit is just like no joke to to, to some people but yeah but it, it's crazy to, to hear like that part of like you know that girl losing her mom and her sister but then it's just like you know you're uh, you know beat it in three days so it's just like damn like how is it you know that's just so different and crazy to me. Yeah, it- it just affects people differently. Like in the height of it, when I was at work, um, I work in a ladder company, but the engine company, they go out on like medical runs. And like, if you listen to like the radio, like the engine companies in the city were like just nonstop, like CPR, CPR, given like the radio code for that. Cause people were just dying at home, not even in the hospital. People were just dying at home. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully things will get better. We can travel. You can see a uh, perfect world play some some more sick gigs i did a little bit of research i, I could only find two live videos of you guys online like one filmed by hate five six oh and, yeah yeah and then yeah that was down in philadelphia and then the other one um i don't know who filmed it but it was uh one of your earlier shows yeah it was like the first show it was a show with like a vitamin x yeah uh, fixation and sick head actually that was a year ago yesterday i know two years ago as of yesterday oh wow i got like a little reminder on instagram from like uh like oh your post from two years ago or whatever i just saw that this morning um yeah and then the the video down at uh hate five six that was a show with um uh death before dishonor death before dishonor Mm -hmm. uh that was cool you know i mean that was that was a cool show to play um super pumped you know i mean like so we played uh, Philadelphia twice and like so grateful to play down there because everyone was like, I don't know, just so fucking chilling. Like the shows have been really good. You know, I love that city. No, yeah. Great scene. I uh, know a lot of great people for, from over there. Uh, one thing I noticed, and even right now, I feel like you're always um, repping New York because I saw you in an like Ikulu t-shirt and now you're wearing Illusion. So uh, oh yeah. So I I think that's pretty cool. Like I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but it just seems like you know obviously like you're you're really proud of these bands like um you know coming out of New York. Yeah, I, yeah, New York's got some uh some pretty awesome bands. That band Combust Rules, uh, they're doing a lot of cool things. Uh, it sucks, you know. What I mean, like wondering like what bands could have been doing right now during this time. Well, like everyone kind of like everyone's on the same page. We're all like kind of put like in like a purgatory. Yeah, I know, but luckily bands like you know uh you guys perfect world are, are still putting out new music i uh, talk about how th- that's definitely um important for just the the scene to keep it going because you know some people you know could be out there just being jaded not being able to you know hit up a gig or uh you know tired of listening to the same old record so the fact that you know bands like you guys and other bands are still continuing to you know like fight through this and put out music like new music i i i, I think it's awesome so like you know commend you guys on that and obviously like it, it is strange times 
and not being able to, to, to play shows and, you know, not everybody wants to do a live stream. So it, it's, it's something like, you know, like weird times, but I'm you know definitely appreciative of, um, you know, everybody who's still willing to, you know, keep it going because it, 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 it does take work and, to, you know, take a chance and put something out during the, the quarantine. It's, you know, it's, it's not something everybody wants to do. So I, you know, think you guys are awesome for doing that. Yeah, you know, the, the whole thing, like doing a live stream, I, I wouldn't want to do that uh, myself because I, I always have like this thing of like, ah, no one wants to see that. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. I like this like, kind of like self-doubt thing, but like, it's cool that bands have done it. I watched like the, the one that 856 did with like One Step Closer. Oh, uh, great band. That was, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Drew, that plays his bass for us, he, he also has another band called Total Meltdown. They just did a live stream. They, they were supposed to play their first show uh but i got canceled because of covid mm-hmm. uh but they they put out a record recently too uh they called total meltdown but yeah they did a they made basically their first show as a live stream show so that was a pretty cool thing yeah, i mean you got to work with what you have yeah uh hey five six uh he announced the other day that he's doing a live stream with no option uh i think next week the the 18th oh, that's awesome yeah so it, it was uh, something that was planned, um, but then it had to get rescheduled. So yeah, so it's happening on the 18th. So uh, you know, not too far from right now. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely um, you know interesting right now to see how everything's playing out. But it's like you got to kind of just I feel like just adapt and try to figure out how to keep it going. And it's like, how do you stay relevant? Do you even care to stay relevant? Do you want to just wait till you're able to get out and do shows again? So it's just like you know, people have options, and I don't, like you know, people are kind of just kind of want to go their own route, but uh, I, I, but I think it is awesome that bands are still willing to, you know, be active and participate and even newer bands, like putting out new records, demos, EPs, whatever. Like, I, I think it's really important right now because to, to, to keep going or to keep hardcore going, just like, you know, obviously like outside of these live streams, like what else do we have besides, you know, bands, uh, dropping records and, you know, people doing zines and podcasts. So it's just like, uh, losing the element of the live show is just like crazy. And it's definitely like a huge blow. So, um, for everybody that's still working, to, to, to keep it alive and do things like zines, podcasts, live streams, whatever. It's, it's um, really important and, you know, awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm like super appreciative of like everyone that's still like doing stuff like hardcore is not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like even like throughout all this, there's still bands that are like working on demos, like whatever, there's gonna be new bands that come out because of like things that happened like in these last couple of years, they're gonna like, I don't know, sitting at home maybe it gives them they're off of work gives them time to like put something together whatever um and it's awesome that like labels are out there still you know like working at, obviously you know triple b is always crushing it they always have something going on mm-hmm. uh ldb obviously um and then even uh new morality zine uh shout they're out. like always working on something shout out nick yeah. <laughs> what yeah. up, Nick? Yeah. Uh, great guy. Yeah. Love um, what Nick does. He's actually um, been on the podcast. Uh, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he, he's a good guy. I, I definitely support what um, he's doing. The bands that he works with uh, are always awesome. So he, uh, I, I always pay attention to what um, he's got going on over there because um, I appreciate what he's doing, the bands that uh, he's working with. But yeah. you, you mentioned LDB, uh, you know, obviously great label they're they're obviously tied to the the fest can you talk about um uh, how you guys actually linked it because i know you mentioned it like briefly like um, early on in the conversation that um, you guys were like talking through email but uh, how did that uh, initial first contact happen um so you know perfect world we were talking about uh like 
you know, what are, how are we going to release this? Like whatever. And so we just kind of like reached out to some labels and uh, Tyler and Ashen, like they listened to it and they said that they were just stoked on it, like right from the start. And they were like, yo, we definitely were, are interested in like working. And then, so we just talked a little bit and uh, yeah, now we're just waiting for the records to come out, you know, uh, something that's cool uh, with LDB. They use like all like, uh, like a local, like uh, place to like press the records and everything. So, I mean, with COVID and then also that, that fire that happened, you know, a little while ago out in California or whatever, where they like make the lacquers or whatever mm -hmm. that like that, that impacted them. So there's like a, there's like a, a bit of a delay of like the actual physical record coming out for this. Um, but like, it's in the works. Uh, and no, we're really excited to be working with them. Uh, they putting out some great stuff, you know, no option. We were just talking about, you know, their record came out on LDB. Uh, you know, the first inclination record, yeah. uh, that band rules. So I don't know. We're, we're all really excited to be working. We feel like it's a, a pretty good label to be working with. Uh, there was like, a, there were a few other labels that we were talking to, but yeah, no, we're just really excited with, uh, with LDB. Yeah. Great. Uh, great lineup of bands. I uh, appreciate the stuff that they have put out. So I, I, I think it is a, a, a good fit for you guys. And man, I, you bring up inclination and I, I fucking love that band so much. And I, I, I rule. yeah, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to see them like two times, uh, within, like a span of like six months. I saw them at uh, Sound and Fury and then I saw them at uh, FYA. So it was just like, oh, yeah, I was, I was at both of those. You're at FYA. Yeah. 2020 like this year. Yeah. What? Yeah. That, that, OK. All right. That, that That's my favorite favorite weekend of the year. I have to talk about it whenever I can. I'm, I'm sure people are so annoyed and tuning out right now <laughs> because I'm just going to ask you about it. Dude, that's so crazy. So you're here. OK. FYA 2020 that was like probably like it was so awesome I I have like nothing bad to say about it shout out Bob and the team uh Lennon and everybody that like had a hand in it uh, super awesome fest but what was your experience like that, that that's so crazy I had no idea that you were there and now I'm just trying to like now I'm sifting through my brain and like as I'm walking through the crowd at the fest I'm like man did I ever come like you know did I ever cross paths with you like now I'm tripping uh, out I was definitely uh moshing for uh inclination and a death rat hoodie <laughs> yeah, uh that's crazy okay I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go find you in the video because i was yeah <laughs> i was there I, I was up front like you know like by the stage so that's crazy um no i mean that fest was awesome i i've been wanting to go to that for a while and i just hadn't gone mm -hmm. uh and finally it was like this year i was like fuck it i'm going down there and i was only expecting to like maybe see like a handful of people i knew and i got down there and i was like oh shit i know like 40 people here uh it was awesome and then, you know it's funny i've made friends with people since then that were also like yeah i was there and i was like damn i wish i would have known that mm. like beforehand um no that fest was awesome uh also i went to that like the fucking crazy ass goth club dude uh, <laughs> i got it, invited by like four different people and like apparently it's like a thing like down there so i got invited by like four different people they're like oh like are you, you come to castle tonight I, right castle is that what it's called yeah right? yeah that's what, yeah, yeah that's the name and i was just like i was like i was just like uh Hold on, let me figure it out. And I had to like ask her, I'm like, what, what's Castle? And I people had to like explain it to me. I looked up like Yelp reviews and I was just like, yo, I'm gonna be honest, like <laughs> that's not really my thing. Like I, I don't go out to clubs or bars or anything. Uh so I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want to go and do that. So I, I just kind of uh stopped texting people back about going and I, I, oh, I never no, went. It was it was awesome. Like oh, okay. I'd never okay. gone to like anything like that. And mm -hmm. like I was kind of laughing because uh I got there and everyone's all like 
you know, gothed out and everything, like all black. I showed up like wearing like khaki chinos and a fucking like floral print, like Hawaiian style shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just laughing at like the contrast of like what I was wearing to like everyone else. And like, it was just wild. Uh, and like, me and my friend uh, that I went there with, we were just like, yo, we need to go tomorrow too. <laughs> like after the fest. Uh, I, I didn't go to the pre-show uh, with like Barrier Dead and everything like that. Dude, I didn't go to that, but uh, I tried. I uh, I just like went out and like got some Thai food and chilled and then like got got the text of like, yo, come out to this goth club. And I was like, all right, I'll be there. I have nothing else going on. And just like flew over the bridge because I was staying over in a, was that uh st petersburg or whatever whatever the city is like right next to tampa that's where i was staying mm-hmm. and i just flew over the bridge and uh yeah no that it was a pretty uh pretty good time it was just like i don't know like i said i never been to anything like that it's not really my scene yeah but i enjoyed it. if i ever go to fya again i'll be fucking hitting up the castle <laughs> yeah i i didn't go <coughs> and then i eventually saw pictures of like a lot of people there and then i i came across a picture of uh, joe hardcore at castle i was like oh shit joe yeah, hardcore yeah, I, at, there, I was yeah. like he's at castle i was like all right i was like i was like next year um or you know whenever it happens again i was like i want to go to castle with joe hardcore and just you know and, ev- everyone was there from the show like <laughs> yeah walking in and just being like i know like so many people in here right yeah, now. It's, it's crazy like, it's like that's where like a lot of people from the festival went so it's just like and yeah, there was a girl who uh, was staying with us at our Airbnb, and she was going, and she was like, "You guys aren't going to come?" And now we're like, "No, we're not going. We're not going to go there." Uh, yeah, we we just weren't really into it, but it's just like, okay, I, I got to experience it at least once, even if I have a bad time. Like, all right, cool. At least I can go and say that I went and checked it out. So next time I'm in, uh, you know, Tampa for FYA, is, is something going to go down? I'll be there. We'll go. We'll go together. All right, hell yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But damn, that's so crazy that you were. That we were there, and even at Sound and Fury, I I I I love Sound and Fury so much. It's like obviously like my like local festival, so I always try to uh, attend, uh, do my best, and I you know support everything that they do. So I, I'm curious what your experience was like last year at the fest because uh, they were um, this year it was going to be at a different venue. So obviously um you got to experience like the like one of the crazier like fests because like obviously like how part came back, which was like yeah. insane. So. I was curious to um, hear what your experience was like at that venue. So, yeah. So, all right. So I, I went to the first three Sound and Furies. That's actually after uh, the first night of Sound and Fury. That's like of like 2006 or whatever. That's mm-hmm. where Masterpiece, like the idea for it came up. Dude, it was insane. like staying like in a hotel with like, you know, like eight other people or whatever. And we we're like talking like, yo, we should do a straight edge band, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so so last year for Sound and Fury, uh, you know, obviously Half Heart, like coming back. Uh, I was there like the last show because I just moved back out this way. Um, that's actually how I met my wife was uh, was from Half Heart's last show. No, like you were after you were, show met like in a pizza place. You were at the last one in Boston. Yeah. Dang. And then, that's crazy. So for for this, we ended up going to uh, all four shows of have heart like of like the reunion in the u.s so we like we did the the two in worcester oh so you were at the outdoor one yeah too yeah I, that was like i had a blast at that one because mm-hmm. like the, the night before it was kind of like similar to how it was like in like the belasco theater or whatever like where it was like just so crowded 
like everyone pushing into the front, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what it was like inside the Palladium. Uh, and so like the outdoor show, I was like, yo, I was like, I could not get up like front and like stage dive and like whatever. And it was like, just felt too crowded. So the outdoor show, I was like, I'm just going to like make it a point to be up front for this shit. And so like, I was just like stage diving and I had like the best time. That was like the outdoor one was probably my favorite out of like the four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like have heart set and everything goes, um, and by like personal interaction with it. But like, yeah, no, sound like sound and fury this year. It was wild. I was already planning on going again anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have heart was announced and I was like, well, yeah, I'm definitely going now. Uh, but it was like, that venue was cool. Uh, there was like some like decent food, like in the area. Uh, and then the only thing that like, I felt like there was like no escape because there were just so many people there, especially once like, like the ins and outs, like stopped, like in the afternoon or evening or whatever it was. Then it was like, there was like no escape from it. You know, like you walk into this room, you're like, fuck, it's crowded in here. And you walk into the next room, you know, even outside, like where everyone was like smoking or whatever, like you go out there and it's just like swamped with people uh but it was great i mean it was great fest it was uh overall like it was a great show it was awesome to see like so many awesome bands in one spot you know it's like every fest yeah it's it's definitely an experience and there there were a lot of people at the fest this past year at San fury and yeah there was really no you can't really uh, escape like i i found myself like just saying fuck it and like i, I would just go into the lobby uh, and there was like, this um like right up against the wall there was like these air vents on the floor and i would just like stand over one because like the ac would just like oh, that's, be, that's smart <laughs> yeah so i i would just chill there and my friends would be like dude like why don't you come hang out and i was like dude i don't want to be around a million people this is just like you know yeah. it's like exhausting to be around like so many people and it's just like it's already exhausting enough to be at a hardcore show you know jumping around screaming along and you know using your energy that way so it's just like yeah like in between bands i just want to chill and just you know not be around a million people so i would just like yeah, hang out I mean, in the lobby it's like a long ass day too you know what i mean especially like i always get to fest like mm-hmm. like at the first band you know what i mean like they're like you know noon or whatever it is like it's starting i, I can't remember like the time the start time for sound of fury i think it was like a little bit later or whatever but uh i always end up doing that and, you know what i mean it's just like an exhausting weekend uh i don't know i i wish i could go to sound of fury right now <laughs> you know with everything going on yeah yeah same here uh you know like i uh you know talked to some people uh and like some people in bands that uh that were supposed to play the fest that 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 didn't get announced and i was just like dude th- like this year was shaping up to be like pretty awesome like well, they always do a good job like i, I feel like they they've never del- like they, they never put out like a lackluster lineup i feel like they're pretty yeah. pretty in tune and um always do a good job of bringing out awesome bands uh to southern california for the fest um but yeah it's just like uh, it, it's weird when there's not a sound and fury because like you think about it like yeah it was gone for what those three years like thir- yeah, 2013 like 14 and 15 um so that was whack but then hearing it come back i was like cool this is amazing like like having like such an awesome fest like come back and it like you know d- deliver and bring us like so many awesome bands like from around the world it was always something like awesome to look forward to and it was sad that they had to pull the plug but obviously they did it for the right reasons and like i don't even think it, it would have been possible even if they wanted to to do it you know so i'm yeah. um, hoping next year and it'll, it'll happen uh but who, know, who, who knows i don't i don't even know 
because because you think about even like uh we're, we just got in talking about fya you think about fya is supposed to be what it's we're in middle of october right now what november december like you know <laughs> fya is supposed to be three months away um yeah if, you know which like like i don't think that's gonna happen yeah i don't even know if they started planning it or what you know and like even after that like february is like ldb fest you know yeah like and then i mean obviously they had to skip uh this is hardcore and united Sound blood Fury, united blood black and blue bowl like all these fests that are like you know what i mean who knows like the next time that that's going to happen i do know that whenever shows start again that shit's going to be fucking wild <laughs> people are going to be going fucking nuts yeah it's going to be insane like i i never like took it for granted when it was around obviously like i would do my best to make it out to to as many gigs as i could and support bands that i enjoyed or bands that i wanted to see you know uh, do good and you know blow up but it's just like yeah uh it was just taken away and when it does come back i i hope i'm um, you know people realize that it, it, it's like um hardcore wouldn't you know be around if it wasn't for the people putting in work to to do these like you yeah. know like I said earlier to, to do these bands and um, book these shows uh you know book these fests uh tours uh podcasts it's just like like every effort that goes into keeping hardcore alive it's just like yeah it's 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 what keeps it going and if uh you know people don't realize that like hardcore isn't guaranteed it's not always going to be there it's only here because like you know we're fighting to keep it alive so like i i hope when it it, it does come back uh, people have like a like a like a just like a, a little more appreciation for like this like subculture that we're all a part of you know yeah i hope so okay well damn this has been crazy i, I want to ask you about about your your job because you're, you're a firefighter and, I, and i'm so curious about what that's like like are, are do you have like a crazy schedule where you're like living in like the, the firehouse for like a couple of days are, are you on like that type of schedule um, or no yeah so like like it normally goes like if I was like on my straight schedule, it would be like a day shift of nine hours, another day shift of nine hours and then a day off and then a night shift of 15 and then another night shift of 15 and then like three days off. Um, but like you have someone that's like opposite schedule of you and you can just like swap stuff around. So it's like usually like work at 24 and then have like a few days off and then, you know what I mean? But like mm -hmm. schedules just always change. It's all over the place. Um, but it's, it's really flexible. So if I need, you know, if I want to go on a trip or whatever, I can like work it out where like I work for someone and they owe me or I owe them for after they work for me. And then, uh, yeah, the schedule is just like all over the place, but it's basically just like, you know, work at 24, have a few days off and work another 24. And are you up all 24 hours? Or are you able to take like a nap or how, like, how does that work? Uh, I mean, try to try to get some rest overnight, but you never know what it's going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, just cause like, it's like, you know, other areas, you know, different areas of the city are like busier, but it's all, it's all random at the end of the day, you know, like you go to work and just be absolutely crushed, you know, like running around all night or you end up at a fire, like whatever it might be. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it's a very rewarding job and it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm really like happy I can do it because, uh, like, I don't like, I've seen like some pretty fucked up things like in the world, like from like time in the military and everything like that, that like, I don't know. I feel like by doing this, I'm able to at least like help people out a little bit and like, I don't know, maybe bring some balance to the world in that sense. You know what I mean? Do something good for someone while like this fucked up shit going on elsewhere. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Like you, you got to try to, uh, do your part and try to like, you know, like for me, I always want to try to like have like a positive impact. I, I, I try not to be, you know, negative or, uh, you know, uh, do bad things to, to people. Um, you know, I, I always try my best to try to be as a good human being as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, right now there's like a lot, a lot of people already like at each other's throats and everything. Uh, there's a lot of fucking crazy shit going on, not just around the world, but like even in this country, uh, like gun violence is going up, like whatever it is. Uh, and I think that there's just like a, there's like a lack of like empathy happening right now. And then there's like a lack of compassion, you know, and like people are, I don't know, people are at each other's throats right now. And it's, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, I don't know where do we go from here? Yeah. I have no idea either. Hopefully we, uh, you know, survive the election. Hopefully things, yeah. <laughs> hopefully things don't get too crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I'm just hoping at some point, the the, we defeat coronavirus and things get better and the world opens back up and a uh, perfect world is ready to, to tour, play some shows. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all dying to it right now, you know? Um, but like, uh, Aaron, who like writes most of the stuff for Perfect World, he plays guitar. He was in the one, uh, the band Flanders I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been keeping himself busy. Uh, he's been like working on like some country music and stuff. Uh, you can find it like on, on Bandcamp is uh, just Aaron Dural. Uh, and it's, uh, it's good. I mean, he's so talented. It's crazy. Like, I mean, at one point this guy recorded like an entire rap EP that no one's ever heard. He like recorded the whole thing and just never released it to anyone. Uh, it's, 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 I don't, I can't even like wrap my head around like the amount of talent this kid has. That's awesome. It's cool that you're um, in a band with him and, uh, you know, able to be around somebody so talented. Cause I think that's, uh, that's super awesome. Cause playing, like, I don't know how to play any instruments. Like that stuff just seems and, you know, sounds so foreign to me. Like I can have fun. Like I'll, I'll sit on a drum set and just like play breakdowns and like two steps, but nothing like, you know, nothing <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Nothing good. Just build a whole band out of that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, to, to, to be able to have that kind of talent to write a, uh, a, a rap record or country or, or an awesome like hardcore record it, 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 it's, it's wild it's cool though but, but it's awesome that he has that talent he's able to you know, do all that uh, different stuff yeah yeah I, I mean i can't play anything either i like started like messing around trying to learn guitar trying to learn like how to play keyboard a little bit but just like i don't know kind of like what i was saying earlier just like you know learn new things keep yourself active yes hopefully you come out of the pan or not you but um whoever's listening you guys come out of the pandemic with some new skill or some new hobbies or something i i don't want people to come out the same way they came in i i hope um you know people have been able to like you know have some personal growth i know it's hard or have gone into new like something new uh you know i i always just try to um manage my time and utilize it better than I did before the pandemic. Cause obviously uh, I, I feel like I have more time to do stuff now. So I, I hope uh, everybody's out there trying to make a positive change for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope, I hope so too. Okay. Last thing before we go, I was uh, on the East coast a couple of years ago, 
we were so stoked my, my friends and i we were all so stoked to try new york pizza for the first time because you know we've seen it in movies heard about how amazing it is yeah and we had a like one of our buddies pick out this like random spot and like we just like landed in new york so first thing we wanted to do was to get pizza like we still had our bags and everything we didn't even go to our airbnb and we, like, we, we took like a uber to this pizza place and it sucked ass because like our friend didn't even it wasn't even like a legit pizza place it was like some like weird like um like i'm trying to find the best way to to describe it um it was like it was like a chain like you would go in and then like you would just kind of tell them like what you wanted but it was like it was like a small piece it wasn't like a normal size pizza so it was like sabaro get a new york slice (laughs) it was (laughs) sabaro's is amazing um so it wasn't even on the level of sabaro's this pizza was fucking trash and i and i wanted to be an asshole and i wanted to just tell them like yo you're an idiot you literally picked the worst pizza place in new york to take (laughs) us and like but i was like I was like, I'm just gonna keep it to myself. So it it, it sucked, right? So that pizza place was horrible. And then we had an Airbnb in like Harlem, like East Harlem somewhere. And then there was like a chicken spot like right around the corner from where we were staying. And it was like they're serving everything. They had like chicken wings, hamburgers, pizza. So I was like, all right, the pizza here has to be good. Try the pizza. It wasn't that good. And I was like, this is so whack. And it wasn't until like our last day in like new york we went to um brooklyn to long island and then we left and when we were in brooklyn i i remembered i was like dude there's this guy on youtube who owns a pizza spot in brooklyn we have to go i was like if this place sucks then maybe new york pizza just sucks and we went to this place called best pizza have you ever heard of it oh yeah yeah okay yeah i'm not not a fan of it oh okay well i (laughs) well i'm in I like his show though. I like I like the pizza show. From yeah. Vice, but shout out Frank. Um, Frank. But I went there and I was like, okay, this is good pizza. But I was like, there has to be better. I was like, there's no way that um, that this is the 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 best. Like it, it was good for what we had, you know, compared to the first place we went to yeah. was shitty, and then the place around the corner at the chicken spot. But I was just like, man, this is like so whack that this is like the one place, and it, it was good. But I was like. I know there's like better out there and there's probably like way more options. It's just like, it was our first time. We never, we didn't even know what we were doing or where we were going. So I, I was curious if you tried it, but okay. So you said you've had it and you don't like it. Yeah. I, I got, I got a few places. I like, uh, I like Prince street pizza. Okay. Like L and B Spumoni in Brooklyn. Uh, and then I like, uh, I like the place Pauly G that like, they have, a like the actual Pauly G's restaurant. And then they have, a the Pauly G slice shop and it's pretty good. Damn. Okay. I, I, they got like they got vegan pizza there too uh yeah that's good that's crazy yeah whenever you get back to new york i have your number i'm gonna call you yeah and yeah definitely and we'll figure it out get some pizza yeah 100 we'll do a pizza tour i'm down i'll i'm definitely down to do that we can redeem my last trip because yeah. yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> the pizza redemption yeah okay awesome well seriously i seriously thank you for taking the time to sit here and, and, and do the podcast before we go. Is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. Um, I guess, uh, you can have people follow uh perfect world on whatever social media, perfect world NYC. Um, my, uh, my every, like everything for me is Chad X merch. Uh, there's no reason for anyone to really follow me. I'm just fucking talking shit, whatever. Um, I guess more importantly than that, uh, just kind of emphasize, I don't know when this is going to air, but we've got a few weeks until the election. So probably before that, I would imagine, but, uh, I know a lot of people like 
think like, oh, like the election's bullshit, like whatever. Uh, and like, I, even though like, I feel like we're kind of like in a shit situation between choosing between uh, like Biden and Trump, uh, that, uh, you know, some, here's, here's what it comes down to. You might not think that your vote matters, but some fucking dipshit in a Make America Great Again hat does believe his vote matters. And at the very least, I'm going to cancel that motherfucker out. True. Do your part. Don't make the same mistake also, that we did <laughs> in 2016. Go out and vote. Let's uh, figure it out. Let's try to change the country for the better. Shout out your cat. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go stream War Culture on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, wherever it's out there. And yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>